Third Shift presents The Imposter's Guide to Gaming, your quick fix for gaming news. Now, here are your hosts, Eric and Matt. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a quarter-end special IG2G. Now, you know what that means. That means we're, we're down a couple releases, we're down a couple topics, but we're still here having fun with you, and I'm going to give you a little spoiler alert. All my stuff is going to be like, hey, remember back in the day when things were great? Hey, remember like fun stuff? Hey, do you want to smile on your face? Do you want to be silly? Do you want to have fun? Do you want to have a great time? That's, that's the whole theme of my stuff. Fun, great time, smile on your face. Eric's going to talk about like war and like misery and sadness. So buckle up for like a, a rocky road here on IG2G because we're going to get started in 3, 2, 1, go. Top three releases? So start us off this week on the releases, dropping on the 18th of September for only 20 bucks. What am I talking about? I'm talking about Capcom Beat 'em Up Bundle, developed and published. Oh man, who's the de- like Cap Cap? Oh, it's Capcom, duh, for PS4, PC, Xbox One, and Switch. This is seven classic arcade games with online slash local co-op, a little like museum concept art, all kinds of bonus stuff. You get to go into each one of these games, and I'll get into the games in a second, and like configure it like you would if you were running the arcade. Difficulty, number continues, like when you get your extra lives, all that other good jazz. But this is this is back in the day, man. Capcom beat 'em ups. You're putting the quarters in next to your buddies or next to total strangers. You're having a great crazy time. You're playing in this one: Final Fight, Battle Circuit, Captain Commando, Knights of the Round, King of Dragons, Warriors of Fate, and Armored Warriors. I think at least one or two of these are really rare. I know one is like available for the first time outside of the actual coin op. I believe that's Armored Warriors, but don't quote me on that. You remember back in the day? You remember those great beat 'em ups? Big, chunky graphics, big, crazy sound. I mean, I got the Final Fight and Magic Sword collection back in the day when they released that. And I remember they had all kinds of cool, like, arcade cabinet, like, exteriors for the 4x3 screen. All kinds of good stuff you could go into. Concept art, art for the arcade cabinets. Capcom does collections right. This is another one that they've done right. The only thing that I've heard about this that might be a little bad is right now the online play is a little laggy and a little chunky, so maybe hold out for a patch for that. But hey, if you want to dive back in, remember the good old days, remember those good old beat-em-ups, Capcom beat-em-up bundle, son! Next up, we got an awesome little title that I'm way, way glad that Mr. Matt went ahead and introduced to me because this one had Mm. slipped right under my radar, and I don't know how because this seems like something everybody I listen to would have talked about at this point. What am I talking Mm -hmm. about? That's Time Spinner, dun-dun-dun-dun, developed by Lunar Ray Games, published by Chucklefish. And what is it? It's an old-school, 90s-inspired Castlevania-type game. Instead, though, of being a Belmont or someone related to the Belmont clan in some way, shape, or form, you take on a whole different role of this wonderful young lady who just had her family murdered, and she's like, oh my god, this sucks, got thrown into this alternate dimension, crazy world, and now she's got to figure out what the hell's going on, how it happened, take revenge, do all the cool stuff. How do you fight? Well, you collect all these magical orbs, which creates blades, spells, things like that, that you whip around and use, much like any other Castlevania game. You also get familiars, which I miss these, because it's a hit and miss in different Castlevania games, whether you get Mm -hmm. these suckers. In this one, you get them. Not only do you get familiars that help you in combat, a second player can take control of the familiar and play with you. Oh, nice. I didn't even know that. So there is a co-op element into this bad boy. 
And of course, the maps all old school Castlevania type, the different doors, beautiful, beautiful colors on all the graphics, and the baddies are all sorts of unique and neat and f- neat, neat, neat and neat and super neat. Do you know how neat this is? <laughs> they're not just super neat; they're mega neat and then ultra neat. But then there's some that are just sort of neat. <laughs> oh goodness! Basically, the developers of this title said, "Hey, we were going." for a awesome, bad Mamma Jamma, best-of-its-time Castlevania-type game. And it looks like they've succeeded here. This looks pretty dang cool, Matt. I know you were checking this one out, too. I don't know if there's anything mm-hmm. I missed that you want to add real quick, but it looks fantastic. I will say the only thing that I know of that I'll, I'll throw into there, because you say she's kind of like get pulled into this alternate world. What I think the story is, since it's all about time, is she's actually been thrown back in time to where this this empire that's killed her parents or her family, she's like trying to destroy them before they can even get to that point. So it's kind of that like crossing the time streams, like if I do this, maybe my family and I won't even exist, but these guys will be gone. Yeah, it said you'd be solving puzzles by jumping through the time gap. So I'm assuming there's going to be a mm. lot of yeah, what you're talking about, where it's like you do a thing, and but it alters the the next part of the phase. So mm. you got to go back and change it, and then you know pull the switch here, change the switch there, so they don't get through the door. But if they don't get to the door, then they don't get to this thing. So you change it over here, so they get to that. Mm-hmm. Pretty intricate. Ed's definitely a, a new layer to the Castlevania uh, S game. Plus, the only other thing that I've heard too, speaking of adding new layers, is I know there are you know NPCs that you can do side quests for. And I don't know. I didn't play a lot of Symphony of the Night to know if there was a lot of that. But you know, I'm more of a Metroid guy. But it was just you kind of went and did the thing, and then you went and did the next thing, and you could explore. But there wasn't like tasks to do like specific things to do for certain people i hear that branches out a lot in the back half of this game so i'm kind of interested in that especially with this whole time hopping time traveling storyline like maybe if you know this guy and he had a daughter who passed away maybe you can jump back into the past and save her maybe you can influence the way things go for him because you know he's got something coming up and jump into the future and make that happen Stuff like that. I love time travel anything just because of all the narrative freaky deakiness that you can do in that. So I'm really excited for this too. I like the added element of the time thing. And then for anybody who's wondering to kind of finish it up and cap it off here, it still has all the cool boss fights that all your typical Castlevania games had. It still has all the cool Mm. spells and, and items that you can get to customize your character. And it's got great music done by some of the people who worked on Celeste's music and stuff. So definitely something oh, nice. to, yeah, something to check into. I would say overall, go look. At least go look at this title for sure. And then wrapping it up with the releases, I'm going I'm going off on that happy train again. This is a game series that I jumped in on a little while ago and had a lot of fun with that I wasn't expecting. So dropping on the 18th of September again for 40 bucks. I'm talking about the Scribble Knots Mega Pack, which dropped for PS4, Xbox One, and Switch, developed by Shiver Entertainment, published by WB Games. This is a collection with Scribble Knots Unlimited and Scribble Knots Unmasked, a DC Comics adventure. Now, they didn't just take the old ones, they've added some bonus levels and stuff so if you don't know what scribble knots is you're basically presented with you know an overworld you go in there's different levels with different characters who have different problems like the most basic example hey it's you know you talk to little sally and she's got a kitten stuck up in a tree so 
how do you get the kitten out of the tree? Well, you can you can spawn a ladder, you can spawn a fireman, you can spawn like a woodcutter who'll chop down the tree. You can spawn Cthulhu it's who'll very, just run very wild. Cartoony, and very if you manage silly. to smash the tree and the cat jumps down, then you get your star. You can't really spawn anything bad, and if anything bad happens, like you spawn Cthulhu and he kills everyone in the stage. Well, you just press pause and you go restart stage or reset stage. And now everyone's back again. So it's a really fun, creative style game. Like, you can obviously do the really easy stuff. You can spawn a ladder to climb up and get the kitten. But you can make it really interesting. You can spawn a slide and put it next to the thing, and the cat will go down the slide. And, you know, if you exercise your creativity and have a lot of fun with it, you can find really interesting and creative solutions to a lot of these simple problems. I don't know. I There was something about it when I first played Scribblenauts Unlimited. It just... It's just mellow. It's fun. You don't have to think a lot. You can just, you can be as silly or as goofy as you want. It's just a fun game. Just a lighthearted, fun little game. So if you've missed out on Scribblenauts, if you love like the Lego Batman series, hey, Scribblenauts Unmasked DC Adventure, that's going to be right up your alley too. It's just fun. What can I say? I feel like I have to like defend it because it's not like a big in-depth like, oh man, tactical or this or that. It's just fun, easy going. If you want to have a fun, easy going time, something you can play with your kids. Hey, how should we get that cat out of the tree? I don't know, Daddy. Spawn a spaceship. Okay. Poop a doop doop doop. Ah, oh, didn't work. All right, reset. Now you just go again. It's fun. It's silly. It's a good time. Scribble knots, Mega Pack. Number three. So it's finally arrived, everybody. Valkyria Chronicles Four. Oh goodness, it's on all the systems. Including the Switch, everybody. And that's the only system you really need to know about or care about. But it's for PS4, so you should get it for that. It's true. Right. No. No. Yes. No. Yep. No. It, yeah. No. Uh-huh. No. Yeah. Because Portable's better, yeah. Matt. Portable's better. I don't care. I, I can't play it at, at my desk at work. Well, I can. So, so Portables don't <laughs> exist. You they got an hour. Exist. You got an hour long lunch. That's not enough. Oh. And if I'm sitting, that's actually sitting very on my true. couch, I'm not holding this. No. <laughs> no. See? Exactly. No, I'll talk about that in a minute. So <laughs> this game developed and published by Sega themselves. Uh, this has a long lineage of games in the PS4, the, not the PS4, the PS, what was it, 2? Or 3. Ah, oh, my gosh. No, PS, no, it was 3. It, it was, was three. 3. Yeah, it was early, early PS3 because it was like 10 years ago when Valkyria Chronicles came out. Mm-hmm. So early PS3, it's been on Vita, all sorts of... The only one that really matters, though, is the one that was on the PS3, Valkyria Chronicles, the original. That one mm-hmm. was fantastic. It brings me back to an old school day and time when I was a roommate with my buddy James, and we're sitting there, and he was playing the hell out of this game, which, if you don't know, it's a tactical role-playing game in which it takes the, a lot of inspiration from like World War II and puts it in this uh, fantasy world, but has all the you know the tanks, the the old school you know M1 Grand type weapons, sniper mm. rifles, that kind of thing, you know, old grenades and and mortars, all that. Throws it in there, puts a little fantasy story behind it, and then you run around with your little squad, and then you obviously tactical role playing style, you move them around, but you're actually moving them around instead of. Instead of you just putting them on little squares, you're going to take possession of that character and you will run that character and get them behind uh, barricades or wherever, line them up where you want, take your shots, uh, get in a position, all that good stuff yourself. And that's what differentiates it from your typical old school tactical RPG where you just move around the blocks and then the next guy goes. And while you're moving, the enemy can respond. So if they've, if they've put themselves in a position that has uh, mortars or the ability to fire on you and you move out in the open, they can fire back. It's sort of like XCOM style in that fashion. Mm-hmm. 
really really cool really 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 intriguing and fun now i want to drag it to the point before i forget that matt was mentioning is the only downfall to this whole system and in the way the battle plays out because you take control of a ton of different characters throughout the, the fighting you get a whole squad and then of course the enemy has god knows how many all over the place and sometimes you have to like siege a castle sometimes you have to take an entire freaking village and this takes time everybody Lots and lots of times sometimes. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, what that means is even though the Switch is wonderful and beautiful and I love it and that's the way you should play it if you can, if you've only got little 15, 35-minute brackets, you're not playing this game on the Switch because mm -hmm. there's no time. You have to have at least an hour anytime you go into any engagement in this game. Even the story sometimes takes about 30, 40 freaking minutes. So... Oh, yeah. Make sure you also love story because there'll be whole segments of just dialogue where the characters' faces come pop up, you know, anime drawn, looking really gorgeous, pop up, and they go back and forth with one another. And while that's done in anime style, the actual graphics are watercolors. So no matter which system you get it on, it looks beautiful. It plays gorgeously. It's a fantastic, fantastic title if you love tactical RPGs. And I can't say enough how much I recommend you play it. And as I said, I played through the first one, watched my roommate play through the first one, and I've just gotten my hands on this one. But, of course, now that I've played a few hours of it, I've got to backlog it because I've got other titles I've got to get through. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm sitting here just stressing out but want to play this one really, really bad. I know you've got a history with this one too, Matt. Um, I will say it's a very similar to Valkyria Chronicles. The only thing that I've noticed that's really different, and oh my god, man, I should mention the characters real quick. Oh, briefly, just just a second. Is this real uh -huh. second? Just one second. Now, uh, the only really big new thing they added in the uh, these characters that are ballistics, are mortar fire, mortaring firing characters. So what they can mm. do is they can go around, you place a little ballista thing on the ground, or I'm trying to think of what it's called. Actual, it's mortars. I mean, they're mortars, but. Whatever. Yeah. Anywho, you put these suckers on the ground, and then she go, she or he, whatever characters, will pop them in, and, and then you can just barrage, heavy fire barrage, like different areas. And it's kind of OP because it allows you to take mm. out tanks from far range, whole whole squads if they're grouped up. It's Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah it's that's... a little OP, and it feels like it's going to be one of those characters that you're going to mandatorily have in your party constantly. There's just going to be no exception mm. to it. And then speaking of characters, the last little point I want to make, and if Matt wants anything to add, feel free to is that the characters in this game are just so cool. Everybody's got their own little mm -hmm. shtick. Everybody's got their own little attitude. And they work and jive with different characters. Some of them they work mm -hmm. well with, some they don't. And that's the fun of it, is you've got to find a squad that works great together. And even sometimes you can find a pair that work together, but then they hate Jimmy and the tank. So uh -huh. if you have to play with them, you have to make sure to keep Jimmy away from the two snipers otherwise they start mm -hmm. pissing and moaning and then you lose like critical hit or defense and then you're yes. swearing it's so fun to actually have to think about who likes who and who's friends and not friends Ugh. yeah i definitely love that with the first one i didn't end up getting through it or beating it but just like finding all these characters and then you know i'd go into a battle and it wouldn't work out and they'd be like well you can use this character and this character and this character and it's like but i hate that character and then that character that i'm other supposed to use these other people don't like so i have my like 
I would have this substandard, you know, or not substandard, but like sub-ideal unit that I would always go in with, but they were all friends, and I loved the personalities of everyone, and their little hobbies and little things they talk about in like the, mm-hmm. you know, the chilling out in the barracks stuff. It's like, I love all these guys. It was like, well, you should take Billy and Ralphie and Pete. It was like, but those guys are dicks, and all of my guys, all my guys love each other. We're just like this band of like going together buddies it was so great i loved it yep that's exactly how i roll too is i always just make sure i bring all the friends and that way everybody no matter who's with who they're just laughing joking getting extra attack power getting extra crits this and that and i don't worry about it and like you said sometimes you do miss out on a character who's just way more powerful but whatever you can still beat it. You can still win. It is a challenging game, so if you're into just kind of smooth and going through, maybe try easy because it is challenging and there will be losses and you will have to repeat battles, period. Just period. So make sure you keep that in mind, but don't sleep on this if you like RPGs or tactical RPGs because it's a wonderful title. I remember I had some sniper lady, and it was like a machine gunner dude who they, they worked so well together. So I'd always be, have to like either have him hang way back with her where she'd like be up by the front lines for no Sniper reason. Sniper in the front lines. I was just like, they got they gotta be together. They they work so well together. Mm-hmm. So it's so ridiculous. But I mean, like you said, that's the fun of those kind of systems. I mean, the same thing with Fire Emblem, where you have two characters that go together and then they start a relationship going. It's like, well, I like him and I like her. I bet they'd be awesome. Do 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 do, and they get their little storyline. And especially in some of the Fire Emblems, they have a little kid, and then the kid has stats from the mom and dad. Uh-huh. It's just like, oh man, Hell let's yeah. get to pull all the little puppet strings. <laughs> matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. Find me a find. Catch me a catch. <laughs> exactly. Number two. So what would a quarter-end IG2G be without Matt's Indie Game Showcase? Yes, I get to just grab a couple games up and be like, hey, that one's cool, and that one's cool too, and I don't have to do a whole lot of research. Oh, my God, spoiler alert into the process there. But hey, for this first game, Eric, I'm going to start off with a question to you, because I know the answer to this. How hard is it to be a parent? How often do your kids just like, if you look away this way, they run off and try and die? Like... Oh, she's just going to climb up on the table and just, like, jump off for no reason. Why would you ever do that when you've never done it before? But you do it when I don't, I don't look at you, it's right? All the that time. happens all the time. All the time. Kids try to kill themselves, Matt. That's that's their purpose. <laughs> See if they can murder themselves, and then you get deemed a bad parent. Yes. Well, hey, if you like doing that in real life, you're going to love doing that in Think of the Children, a quote, frantic parenting simulator. This game's all about crazy co-op action where you and up to three friends play parents and you have, you know, you like, you spawn into a map and it's like, hey, it's the pool party map or it's the barbecue map or it's the, you know, the fun bouncy house birthday party map. I don't know, whatever it is. But you, you parents have to accomplish like a certain set of items on a checklist. Like you got to fire up the barbecue, you got to grill the burgers, you got to do this and that. But the entire time you're doing that, the kids are running off being kids. So they're, like, falling into the pool. They're running out in the road. They're chasing a butterfly over here where Homeless Jim is going to pick them up. <laughs> and you got to run over. You're like, oh, flipping the burgers. Oh, crap, he's over there. Run over there, fight Homeless Jim off, grab the kid back, flip some more burgers. Oh, man, get Billy out of the pool. Get Sally out of the road. Just over-the-top, ridiculous, all kinds of fun. The graphics are all, like, voxel style. So if, like you know, Minecraft sort of, but it's like an overhead isometric perspective. So, you know, when kids are in danger, it's not really like, 
you're not going to get weirded out by it. It's just silly, you know. Billy gets run over by a car in the road. You don't go, oh no, there's not blood and anything s- disturbing like that. Mm-hmm. Just silly, over the top fun. I was watching the, a couple of the gameplay trailers, just laughing. Just this, this, this is Eric's life. This is what he deals with every time, exactly. every day. <laughs> Can't wait to play it too, man. I just can't. You know, I live it, and then I should play it. You're right. You should. Let's just blend the two worlds together. It'll be fun. But hey, topping off my awesome, fun, put a smile on your face type of game discussion here for this whole IG2G. I'm talking about Wander Song for PC, Mac, and Switch. This is a really colorful, bright, beautiful game in like a papercraft style. So if you think of like the first few seasons of South Park, where like papers cut out and crap and put together to form the characters think of something like that but very bright very colorful very cartoony and the the whole premise of this game is the world is about to end like there's a what is she like an extra fairy like a, like like a godling yeah goddess little fairy god thing yeah yeah and she's and like every now and then she just gets tired of the universe and the way it is so she ends it and remakes it all in, in some other different form. You basically learn about this, and it's like, well, you know, you can either just let the world end, or if you quest around and learn the notes for the Earth Song, and you can sing this to the goddess or the fairy or whoever it is, then maybe she'll stop. She won't, you know, end the world and remake it. So the whole point of this game is going around as a bard, solving people's problems, questing to different areas, figuring out the different parts of this Earth Song, and the way that you interact with the world is through song. That's how you do anything in this world. If you want to make a platform go in a little platforming segment, if you sing to like different angles of the analog stick, it'll make those platforms move and shape in that way. You know, you can sing and make the the wind blow certain ways. To, you know, to carry you along, to carry platforming pieces along, to carry items along. You can sing to like scare off ghosts. You can sing to make the wind that a demon is pushing towards you you know, kind of, you can back it off so you can get close enough to him so you can have a conversation about why he's mad and f- solve his problem and figure that out. It's all about like happiness and like cuteness and gentleness and happiness and just, I don't know, it's, it, it has this overarching like darkish theme, but everything I've seen about it is happy and joyful and just expressive. Like these characters, as simple as they are, have these ex- just these expressions that just pull you in and really make you part of the story. And it's just, I don't know, it's just so bright and happy. I was watching more gameplay trailers of this and just had the biggest smile on my face. Just, I agree. It, like you were saying, it's all about just expression and happiness. They even apparently make a, a little joke in the beginning of the game where there's a sword for you to go get and you go get it. And he's trying to yep. wield it and, and he can't. He's over here just struggling and struggling and can't make mm-hmm. anything work with it. So, of course, you abandon it. And that right there just you know shows you that you're going to do everything through singing, talking, etc. And then mm-hmm. the other part, you were talking about some of the, the puzzles and way to manipulate the levels and whatnot. Uh, there's some of the other ones are like just it's not like a rhythm game, but like you get you use it to uh, like the 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 color notes will like come in at you and you gotta hit the mm-hmm. right the right note at the right time and just kind of go through it like that. There'll be a few of those. There's some of the ones where they'll mimic it back to you and you gotta you know they'll go purple purple green green blue and then you gotta go back and forth. With it. So they, mm-hmm. they incorporate all sorts of old school puzzles along with like cool manipulation things like you were talking about. It did just look really, really fun, and I love singing and being stupid all the time at work and whatnot, so this true, is why true. I instantly looked at it and went, oh, 
this looks neat. Oh, I could do this. See, I'm doing a service for people. I'm helping everybody. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what you do. You go to all the different towns and you help the community. You help the people there with their issues. And that's how you learn the next note for the uh, the Earth Mother, I think is what she's called. And what I was referring mm-hmm. to was the fairy that tells you that this is all happening. Right, the fairy right. is the one who tells you what's about to go down. And then you got to go find the Earth Mother and get these notes and sing her the song and try to convince her not to destroy this world because it's cool and mm-hmm. still fun and interesting. And, and like you said, there's a little bit of like rhythm aspect game or like pattern matching bits to it. But the cool thing about it is it's very, like it's got like a very gentle difficulty to it. Like all the reviews I've read or or watched, they say, well, you know, if you fail, you know, the pattern matching, like you're trying to scare away three ghosts and they have three different notes that they sing. <clears throat> if you screw that up, they'll just kind of repeat it. And so, until you get it right. Or if you fail a platforming segment and, you know, you fall off to your death, you respawn pretty much right where you were. So it's, you know, it's not a, it's not a difficult game, but, I mean, I'm sure it can be tricky at some points, but there's not, like, harsh punishments for, you know, failure, because that, that would totally ruin the whole mood of the game. It's just happy and fun and easygoing, and it's like a light, fun adventure. And I like seeing that encapsulated in even the gameplay mechanics, failure isn't punished it's just you you, you just got to get it right that's all there is to it you know you you know what i'm I know saying what you're saying man i got you i can jab what you're throwing down suckers it's a great title definitely take a look mm-hmm. at it a lot of fun lighthearted. It's just something to ease your mind with if you had a difficult day yeah. it puts me in the mind of like katamari damashi where you just you're not really thinking about you know, obviously you have a goal but you're just going through having fun that's what this that's what this makes me think of. Just going through, being silly, having a great time, putting a big smile on your face, on the townspeople's faces, on the ghosts' faces when you mimic their things. And they're like, yeah, hey, we're not going to haunt anybody anymore. <laughs> this is a pretty cool time we're all in. woo to do to do Just That's the whole game. Just woo to do to do That's it. You know who's not going woo to do to do The last segment of the show, man. What a terrible way to end the woo to do to do show. I see. I knew this was going to be the discussion topic, so that's why I picked yeah. all happy games oh, and it fun. Had to and be. Remember the good old days and don't worry, great everybody. Put a smile on your face, games. Oh goodness! Oh. The last segment, we of course couldn't not bring it up. I'm sure anybody who does listen would, you know, wants our two cents on the whole thing. And that's mm. Telltale closing suddenly and jarringly, as just happened in the recent past. Everybody thought they were okay. Everybody knew they went through a restructuring, lost a whole bunch of people, but were under new management, and they were going to focus and double down on a couple titles instead of trying to spread thin, which is what they'd been doing in the years past. We thought, okay, here we go. This is cool. New Telltale getting into a new engine after they finished up this season of Walking Dead, re-imaging themselves. It was going to be all right. And then, out of the blue, boom, over 250 employees just canned instantly they weren't given severance Healthcare was expiring at the end of the week or month or something like that it was like a ridiculous i think it was end of the month ridiculously yeah. short time they had 30 minutes to exit the building then they were allowed to come back for a few minutes the next day to get the rest of their stuff or whatever Jeez. it was very abrupt very uh surprising to everybody there it was like one of them really crazy fallout moments where all of a sudden Twitter and everything's just blowing up with all these telltale developers and whatnot going, I'm out of a job. What the hell? I'm out of a job. This is the worst day of my life. Da 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 da. It was just on and on and on and on and on. And of course, I'm like, what the hell's going on? So 
boom, Kotaku and Polygon and IGN and all the sources all of a sudden just start blowing up, covering what they know, mm-hmm. updating every freaking hour, every half hour as soon as they get more information. It was just terrible. I mean, it was just... It, yeah. it was honest to God. I was just like, oh, man, a whole genre of gaming just died, basically. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell? What? How's that even happen? How does it get to that point to where you just die? And then there was like, oh, well, what had happened was is we lost all of our money, and then we were banking on two different big uh, back-end backers to pick us up, and they neither one of them did, and so we had to just immediately shut down. And I'm like, that is not how businesses run. How do you not no. have bajillions of dollars in your coffers for a rainy day or a bad time to get you through the projects or whatever you're working on? Or if you don't have that financial backing, you need to lean out quickly before it gets to the point where y- you have to cut it. Like if if Jackson, you know, if Jackson where we work lost like x billion of dollars this year, they'd be like, "Okay, well, we're going to have yeah. to cut this and this, but we're still here. We we got that super lean team right now." Mm-hmm. But this, you know, they had what almost 300 people in the studio right now as this financial situation is like teetering on the brink, on the brink of destruction. That. And then you let everybody just hang without knowing what's going on. And then, of course, just drop the hammer, boom, kill them all off, except for 25 because they had to finish an obligation they had with the Minecraft uh, game that was coming mm-hmm. out. But beyond that, nothing. It's over. It's done. It's closed up. So that's what went down. And then they updated, you know, and they were like, well, hey, maybe somebody's going to help us, you know, finish out Walking Dead because they also stopped Walking Dead with the second episode of the last final season just Kanked it, and then and then it got a backlash that, because they're like, "Why don't you pay your workers? Why don't you give them severance? Why don't you take care of these people? Mm-hmm. Don't worry about the game right now." Finish, and, you know, it's just been a whole mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really can't believe like the all the different levels of the scenario on on from so many different angles. Like especially if you knew the situation was this dire, how could you go on to like? try and get out another game and you know a lot of the stuff i've heard from this is like hey you know i have all this unpaid overtime with them because they're forcing me to come in and work on walking dead or crunch to meet this deadline but if you know you're you got like that foot off the edge of a cliff we 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 could fall any second now how can you do that to your employees like exactly it just just the Worst business practices I've ever heard of. Yeah, between the the making them work overtime, getting them all going, this and that happening. Uh, apparently, they were still hiring. They hired somebody like a week before this happened. They had uh, mm-hmm. a foreign a foreign individual working there, and as soon and they were on a visa and everything. So as soon as that happened, they had to get out of the country, and they just came over. And mm-hmm. oh, I couldn't even imagine that. It was yeah, I would. I- I was looking at a big article about how like game companies need unions because of what was going on. And that was something that really stood out for me in that whole article is they kept hiring people up until the day that they quit. So they would hire people who would move all the way across the country. And now you've just sat down, you have all these costs of moving, you're trying to find a house, you're trying to find this and that. And now you have no job and no avenue of like finding a job in this area because the place you came to work is now gone. Mm-hmm. Just ridiculous. Yeah, it was bad business all out. I mean, uh, to play devil's advocate just a tiny bit, 
I understand if your company is like going in a bad way, you can't you can't just tell all your employees, "Hey, we're going to be shutting down in three, four weeks or whatever," right. because you know what? And everyone says you should. Everybody on Twitter, everybody I see in the but the problem with that is, let's be realistic. What happens if someone goes, mm-hmm. "Hey, this job's going to kaputs in four weeks, guys. You're all going to be gone and fired. You don't care anymore." I'm, I'm taking my computer and I'm just going. Yep. you're going to sit there, showing up drunk. Yeah, you're going to come drunk whatever. to work. You're not going to show up half the time. You're going to take all the vacation days you got left. So half the freaking mm-hmm. people won't even be there. They're going to be on vacation the whole rest of the freaking time. You're going to be slacking off, taking excessive lunches. You're going to be doing, and of course, I'm. Right now, I'm sure people, no, oh, I'm an honest guy, worker, da, 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 that bull crap. Don't lie to me. Mm. Don't lie to yourself. You know dang well if your company was sinking, you'd be spending most of your time trying to find a, a new job, obviously, and slacking off as much as you could at your current position in order to find a new position or a new th- thing somewhere else. You're not going to sit there and be like, I'm going to triple down on working and just do my best for this company for the next three, four weeks. It's not going to happen. And so I see no. their side of, you know, we can't tell nobody. We can't say a word mm-hmm. because then we're for sure not going to get out any of this stuff over the course of the next three, four weeks, five, two months, however long it was that the head honchos knew that this was going to be a mm-hmm. bad news bear for sure. And, and there's another little bit of devil's advocate that I'd like to play, too, in that somebody the show follows, quote, retweeted a lot of the telltale devs who were very or devs or workers who were very upset because they would say, like, oh, I put in all this unpaid overtime and I didn't get anything, you know, on the back end for it. I, you know, I've got in 40, an extra 40 hours a week, some weeks, and I can't even get severance. And to that, I would say, you know, I value my job a lot, like it allows me to live the way I want to live and pay all my bills and stuff. But I swear to God, if Michael said, hey, I need you to come in all week, an extra four hours, and I'm not paying you for that. Nope. No. No, that's not what I signed up for. I'm sorry. And if you want to get rid of me, you can, but then you would have to fire me. And, you know, maybe it's a whole breach of contract thing, because I know they were talking about a lot of contracted workers, so you're signed up, and if you do this, we'll pay you, but they could say you didn't do it. But still, like, I, I would always see that. Like, there were a lot of them who were just like, oh, I put in all this overtime that I didn't get paid for, and I'm not getting anything out of it. But you you did you it. did it. So, mm-hmm. like, I don't... That that's something I couldn't that did, didn't equate in my brain. Like, Mm-mm. how can you do that and then expect a reward on the back end when you were already not getting the reward, but you still did the work? I don't, I don't know. That, I think they thought the company was, of course, there to stay. So they thought by working super hard and just working for free that that was going to be seen by the the bosses that, and then that, work fast track your them up. status would jump yeah, up. Yeah, fast track them to success and better position within the company. But of course, the company was sinking. Unbeknownst to them, and so it was all for nothing. And I think that's the frustration: is oh, I just gave you all my fingers for free, and then you just cut my head off anyway. Oh, so in that regard, I'd say lesson learned. You know, work hard mm-hmm. and work work as best you can when you're there and when you're being paid, but never work for free. Never work mm-hmm. for free. I don't care what job you're in, even if you love it, don't work for free. You know what? You have free time and you have a life. Go live it, unless someone wants to pay you not to. And I think that's the problem is, I mean, reading through that article about why game devs need unions, it kind of was like, well, this is a, this is a passion industry. If you have a passion for games, you want to be doing it no matter how bad it is. 
And if you won't, they'll find somebody else who will, will, Mm -hmm. which is a valid thing. But with all the concern about like gaming crunch and overtime and how that beats down and is unhealthy for people anyway, to do that and not get paid for it and just go in and keep doing it, that's... That's just mind-boggling to me. I Like I said, as much as I value my job and what I get paid to do it, I would never... And, I, and this isn't even a thing I'm super passionate about. I can't, I can't imagine working for, not, for no pay. Uh-uh. Like, I don't... That's bananas. So uh, that, that part's not, you know, not good at all. Just bad news bears. And then also I would tie in with the whole severance thing. If you are going to turn your company off and you know it's coming, I think the least you can do is give severance to those employees. If you're going to s- turn the switch without any forewarning, you need to, you know, hey, I, I know this happened and I know this sucks, but at least I got you guys' backs or got you covered for three months, six months. And a lot of people say three months is nothing, but you know what? Three months is way better than nothing. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that. Three months got me through my three <laughs> exactly. months. Exactly. Three months got me through our big old schmeal. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I mean, if you if you don't offer severance, then I think we have to dial back to a point you made earlier that, you know, letting people know in advance, you're not going to get a lot of work out of them. But if you let them know in advance and say, hey, the company's going down, we can't offer any severance, but we're going to be closing in three weeks. So if you if you come in, obviously you're still contracted. You're still going to get paid for what you're mm-hmm. there for. But that's three extra weeks that you can be toning up your resume, shooting it out everywhere, f- driving around town, finding places to app up to at least get you something. That's it's at least I mean it's at least something. Yeah, it's it's something. It it was handled poorly, and I feel terrible for everybody mm-hmm. that was you know affected and how this all just went down like it did and. And the fact that they didn't get to finish a lot of the projects they were working on and the fact that they're just screwed over right now trying to scramble around, find a new job in a market that, you know, has a billion people trying to get in right now. So mm-hmm. good luck with all that, you know, and it's just, God bless. I, I would be so angry, especially in the San Francisco area where the money is the way it is, where freaking mm-hmm. anything is $500 there. It's just silly. Just silly, and I can't imagine the stress right now. People are going bald like me, I'll bet, right now. It's just, <laughs> And And I just, I, I want to know more about how it happened. Like, I haven't researched that much about it. It's kind of been more the backlash towards Telltale. But, I mean, Telltale, in its own niche, is the big dog. Like, how is it gone? How did the financials get so bad? Is it, you know, CEOs taking a big chunk out of the profits? Is it spending too much on this, that, or the other thing? How did this happen, mm. for one thing, to to get to the point where we have to shut it down, we can't give anybody anything? What happened to all the money you get from everybody? I mean, even if even if people do like I do most of the time and wait till you know the whole series is on a, is on a you know a sale on PSN, you're at least getting a cut of some of that. You're getting money from all these people. Where's that going? Where did that go? What happened? Exactly, and they used the same engine from basically the word go. You know, yeah. from Walking Dead on, it was the same engine, so it wasn't like they built a new one except for just recently when they were going to build a new one to redo everything. Actually, didn't they? Well, maybe that's part of it. I remember before that last round of layoffs that they did before they hired up a bunch of people, I think they had put a bunch of money into a new engine. Yeah, that's what they were doing, yeah. And then, like, blew that up. 
And that's when they had the first round of layoffs, and then it was like, well, we'll do another one but later. But you would Maybe think if you were going to do that, if you would have, if you said it, we're building a new engine, wouldn't you at that point understand that you have the money to build a new engine and move forward? Like, it, it seems crazy to be like... Well, well that's... That's what I'm saying is maybe they started, and then when they realized that engine wasn't going to get anywhere, that's this whole pile of money you just dropped and into something, something that's not, not going to work for your company. So if you're going to try and do it again, and then people, because we're, ooh, yeah, maybe that. Was and then it. people on the know. inside, you know, obviously your backers, you'd have to tell that you just spent mm-hmm. all this money and this ain't working out or whatever the case was, and then they backed out, and then all of a sudden you're standing there with your pockets empty and nobody funding you and they didn't have any titles of their own they just you know borrowed from all you know all the different places and i'm I'm not a hundred percent sure but i'm pretty sure because i mean we've talked about the telltale layoffs and stuff before and i think that was part of it like they were investing in this big new engine and it didn't pan out so they had to cut some people and that's why they were leaning down you know getting leaner towards those few series Maybe that was a big part of it. I don't know. Hey, it's freaking Memory McGee over here. Who knows, man? I'm sure we'll have some stories pretty soon, though, talking about it. Um, it'll be a big yeah. thing. If it ain't this year, next year, somebody's going to have a huge old write-up on the whole story behind Telltale and how it went down. But right now they're still in the thick of it because um, one of the mm. former employees sued them. And so right now there's a case against saying that they were, they're supposed to have 60 days notice by federal California law, one of the two or both. That they have to be notified if there's going to be a huge closure, and then da 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 da. So, you know, right now, but as it, as was pointed out in many podcasts and articles, even if this goes through, if Telltale's honest to God broke, it doesn't matter. There, you, you can't, can't get, get anything. anything. There's nothing to get. So it's just a. But this also makes things intricate and weird because if they are trying to find backings to finish out the Walking Dead series, well, they can't do that under Telltale because if this suing this you know this this whole thing goes through and then this person has a, an actual right to money or whatever because he's also suing for other employees as well it's not just him right then right. you'd be obligated to pay them but that means you have to take the money that was given to you to finish the walking dead series so it's so now they can't they kind of have to not take it until this is over and mm. see if they won or lost or whatever and and then to boot why would you wow. even do it if you can't get the employees that had made the game in the first place you're just going to bring on a bunch of randos to finish off a series that was made by this whole group, you know, over years. It makes no sense. It's just weird. Who knows what the hell they're doing or thinking. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I just hope something, I just hope a couple good things can come out of this. Maybe, you know, more worker protection for people in the games industry, whether it's a union or just, you know, better... I think I think that article was talking about how California is trying to rewrite laws to like alter the definition of what a contractor is and what you can be, what you have to be offered if you are a contractor. You know, stuff that can help you continue on even if you do get cut, stuff like that. And then hopefully, a lot of these telltale people who are so good at making narrative games and writing writing these games and fleshing out these characters, hopefully they can find landing spots in the industry where. Like these good stories and the good humor and all this other good stuff can carry on, whether it's in you know new adventure games, whether it's in games that don't normally have great stories. Hopefully, they can find a good home and continue to build what they're passionate about because that's really, I mean, it's a passion industry. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good place to end it too. It's just 
with the hopes that everybody lands on their feet in another place. You know, I know Ubisoft did a whole uh, meet and greet out there you know, saying, hey, come on yeah, over. Yeah. Let us check you out and talk to you. We know you guys do good stuff. And a bunch of others have also reached out. You know, Gearbox reached out as well. Mm-hmm. Everybody's out there supporting them. So, like you said, hopefully they all end up in great places, making new stories and enhancing everything we play in the future. And, of course, maybe with better companies that don't just close down and ruin everybody's day that'd be great too so i don't know (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean there are always new games and always new opportunities even like in the indie space if a bunch of these guys band together decide we're not going to let these bad practices stand make their own little indie studio and you know start popping out some cool games like i said hope for the best for everybody involved i've Wow, it's just uh-huh. it's just crazy, man. Indeed it is. We wish you guys and gals the best, and we'll be uh, paying attention to see what else happens with this whole thing. Yeah, and until then, it's time to wrap That's it up. That's right. Imposters wrap up. So what do you guys think about all the telltale craziness? Or, hey, do you want to just ignore all the bad stuff going on and have yourself a great smile with Wander Song or Think of the Children or one of these happy games? Let us know. Send us a question. Send us a comment. Send us a concern. If you like what we're doing, if you just want to say hi, if you want to give us topics to talk about, send any of that good stuff to us via email at info at thirdshift.me. You can tweet at us at thirdshiftme, and you can find us on Facebook under Third Shift. Indeed you can. You can also find us over on Patreon, where you, if you so choose to, can become a wonderful patron. We treat it just like an old tip jar. You like what you hear, consider giving us a buck, five bucks, thousand bucks, any kind of bucks most greatly appreciated helps us keep the lights on show running all the things on the pod beans pod bays all the good stuff all those wonderful places without that we'd have to give blood do all the craziness to make it work so we appreciate everyone who has and is throwing us a buck or two here and there on the old patron and if you want to please do and if you can't hey that's understandable too because money is real money is tight Sometimes you got to pay those bills. You can't have the man coming at your door looking like a clown and serving you and all sorts of bad news bears happening after that. So you can also support us by giving us likes, five-star ratings, mailbag questions. Any kind of feedback does motivate us and make us feel good about ourselves, and we do very much appreciate it. Yes, we do. And, of course, this podcast drops every two weeks on Tuesday, so we'll be back in your ear holes on the 16th of October for our very next episode. And you can find that episode on iTunes, on Stitcher, and on Podbean. And as I always say, if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out. And we really do appreciate it. We do indeed. We love them. Five-star ratings. Please give them to us today. Five stars will make me happy and I'll jump to the moon and say, Hey, five-star, hey. Hey, and with that I say, we only got one thing left, Matt, and that is don't forget, (laughs) forget to save. Don't forget to save. Don't, 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 Don't forget to save.